welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about the true plight of man, keeping your secret daughter safe. I'm Justin. And I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we're going to talk about chapters 17 through 20 of book three of Legacy of the Forest, Tempest. But first, bum bum bum, previously on Forever Canon, new BFFs Jaina and Zek escape in overkilling. Han and Leia's new BFF turns out to be Aura Singh. The Solos trade a bounty hunter for a noble with secrets. And Luke and Mara ask Jason about Lumaya, but Jason is busy babysitting. But that was last week. This week, hmm, we start with chapter 17. And we start with Alamarar. Quite unimpressed with the accommodations in the Anakin Solo's missile hold. <laughs> Complaining that it's cold. Too cold. She says her old caves were better. My caves on Ryloth, where I was born, the home planet of the Twi'leks, hot and spicy. Pun intended. The caves <laughs> of Gorog, or Tanupe. Oh, warm and steamy. This one? Cold. Don't yeah, like freezing it. cold. It's the price you pay to stow away. <laughs> Uh, don't forget Lumaya secretly brought her on board yeah Jason doesn't know she's there nobody even knows she's back except for Han and Leia because Jag told them yeah I don't think anybody else knows Alema's back right not that that sounds right right? yeah not that that I remember reading anyway I can't believe that she brought her on board without Jason knowing betrayal unacceptable except Lumaya likes it yeah what are they doing in this missile hold they're disassembling a proton bomb while discussing Jason Solo. <laughs> yeah, his we, destiny and all that. We were talking before we started recording about how these chapters went by pretty quick. Because it's a lot of dialogue in yeah. a lot of the chapters. And this one particularly, they're just talking about Jason Solo the whole time. And it turns out that he has sent Lumaya to Roku Station just like he did the Skywalkers. He sent Luke and Mara to Roku Station. He said, you can go pick up Ben there. No problems. He can leave the GAG. Don't you worry about it. Except (laughs) he is sending Lumaya there to force a confrontation between her and Luke. She knows it's a trap, but she's so proud of this betrayal. He's sending her into a trap. That's the Sith way. Yeah, true Sith. And she even says, like, it does make sense. If he can't betray me, how can he betray his entire family? I'm nothing to him. Yeah. Like, I'm just a a book on a shelf. I'm just information. That's all. If he can't betray me, how can he betray his family? A weird, but salient, very valid point. It's a a logical point for the Sith. Yeah. Yeah. It is definitely the Sith way of thinking. And to her, she says, this setup seems to serve a dual purpose. She says, if I kill Luke... It creates an opening for Jason to take over leadership of the Jedi Order. If Luke kills me, then it will look as though I've been stalking Ben all along. Luke will assume that his original fears were correct, and the veil of suspicion will be lifted off Jason. She's totally right. This is a win-win for him, man. Yeah. Either the Skywalkers die and no more questions, or Lumaya (laughs) dies and he's above questioning. Yeah. Because the evidence all disappears with her death, right? Win-win for Jason, win-win for the Sith. Yeah. <laughs> well, unless she dies. But here's the thing. I was wondering about this. 
What would it look like? Jason Solo taking over the Jedi Order after Luke dies. Well, Ima- imagine, imagine Luke dies. Yeah. Sadness, funeral, Aww. so on. Yeah. How is Jason the one who's going to seize that power? He's not a master. Well, I think he has. He, he has a seat on this council, but yeah. he has not been granted the rank of master. Take a seat. No, but I think he's powerful enough. Yeah, definitely. That all the other masters would be like, okay, well, Luke's gone. Here you go. Right. Kind of deal. He, he's the strongest one. We can't really argue it. Only, <laughs> only if Luke's dead. Like if Luke and Mara died, then yeah. Yeah. Well, but that's the thing. Mara even, would probably fight even it. She wouldn't be set up to take over the Jedi Order either. Like, yeah, but she'd probably fight him being the Grandmaster. Yeah, well, that's for sure. That is definitely true. What would it look like though, on the other side, if Luke and Mara kill Lumaya, and then Jason just keeps doing what he's doing without, with that veil of suspicion cut away from him, you know, where they just were asking him questions in the last chapter or the last episode anyways. yeah finally asking him direct questions about lumaya being tied to him and gag and he just danced around him until tenel call show up and then and then it's off the table again for a minute and then she dies and then it's off the table for forever and then he just gets to be even sneakier like yeah this thing under the radar i think that might take the suspicion off him for a while but if he keeps doing the things he's doing It'll it'll just come back. Like he's still doing bad things. Right? Isn't that? I don't know. It's, she seems pretty convinced though that no matter what happens, he's going to be going through with his path as a Sith. She knows something we don't. She's master manipulator. Yeah, she, yeah, that's definitely true, <laughs> dude. That's so true. And so, out of this impending fight, we kind of we have two outcomes: either Luke dies or Lumaya dies, and then we go forward from there. And that's coming up soon. We're going to see what happens. Very exciting. Until Lumaya reveals, there's a third option. The third option being everyone dies, which is why we're taking apart these proton bombs right now. So I'm going to strap one to my chest. (laughs) And if I die, everybody dies. It's the Sith way. Even if I lose, I still win. I thought that was was pretty clever. That is pretty clever. And it's, again, like, man, what does that look like then? Everybody dies. Everybody's dead. And it's like... It would be it would be a really big deal for all the all the surviving Jedi Order because the Sith are back. Yeah, that nobody knows that. Yeah, why is nobody told anybody else? No, nope. nobody knows the Sith are back except Luke <laughs> and Mara, I guess, obviously, and Jason, who won't be telling anybody anytime soon. Unless there's been conversations that haven't been in the books. That... Which wouldn't make very much sense in a storytelling No, it's not. You've got nine whole books. You can slip them in there. You can just leave them in. But I don't know. It's it. I'll tell you what. It's a good backup plan, though. If I die, I boom. So that's the third outcome. Everybody dies. Three major characters would be gone in one fight. How would you even write that? Like, that's a, a sizable chunk of your cast so far. And yeah. main players. Yeah. If they all die in one fight, what the hell happens with the narrative going <laughs> forward from there? Like, that would be wild. Obviously, yeah. having read these before, I remember what happens. Yeah. But, only to a point. And wouldn't it be wild if this was a Mandela effect, Berenstein, Berenstain, Bears situation? Yeah. 
and something different happens. And I don't <laughs> wasn't remembering it correctly. That'd be pretty cool. Which has happened to me already. Right. A few times. Yeah, I know, right? Um, the biggest part about this plan though is that if everybody dies, this doesn't really serve Alema. She's concerned about the balance, TM, as as she refers to it. Yeah. She says, How will Jason become Sith and give his mama the Padme brand big sad? Yeah. How will that possibly happen if you blow up? Reasonable question. Until Alema thinks the impossible. Wait, are there more Sith? Bum, bum, bum. I don't know. Are there? <laughs> well, and Lumaya doesn't really give her a straight answer. She kind of threatens her a little bit. <laughs> yeah, she does. Do you really well, want me to first she that? says, yeah, first she says, there's a plan in action whether I survive or not. Yeah. Meaning there's other people involved that are going to ca- help carry things forward whether yeah. I do or not. Other people is, is the inference there. Not really an answer, and it sounds more like she's dodging. But do you think she's telling the truth, or do you think she's lying? Well, if, if at the very least... There's two, mm-hmm. two Sith, right? Right. Jason's not really a Sith yet. Well, even though, uh, but Alema even says like, I thought, how aren't you guys doing that rule of two? How can there be more people? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And she stops halfway through her yeah, sentence. And, and that's when she threatens her with what you were saying before, where she's like, well, do you want me to answer that question? Cause it's probably dangerous for your health <laughs> to know if or not there are more Sith out there. I don't know. Do you think, I don't know if she's lying or not. Yeah, it's not Again, clear enough. Master manipulator. Yeah, so it's hard to tell. But Alema does think she's lying to a point. At least sounds like she's trying to convince herself that she's lying. Mm-hmm. And she's confused too when Lumaya starts taking apart another bomb. You already got one. Yeah, blow yeah. yourself up. Have have at it. Balance TM. We will we will survive. It will be fine. Yeah. Uh. Nope. This one's for you. Yeah, you're coming you're with. Coming with me. Calls her all kinds of things while they're doing this too, and yeah. like Lumaya just has no respect for Lemurar whatsoever. No. <laughs> in this in this chapter, she called. Here's a list of things I wrote down. She calls her a bug slut, calls her a dancing girl, and stupid. <laughs> just a just to put a few cherries on top of that. Bug slut's my favorite. <laughs> bug slut was amazing. I loved good. it. But she's a mean old Sith. What you going to do? Yeah. Chapter 18. Ben is with a GAG team on, not Telephone, Terrafon. Yeah. Investigating the smoking ruins of Duchagalny's villa. He's looking for Jane and Zek, or signs of what happened to them at least. And I want to throw this quick side note in there. This GAG team is full of aliens. Yes, it is. They have a Duros leader, a Bith commander, a Twi'lek gunner. And this is like the kind of species diversity that you think of when you think Star Wars. But like, look at what the story has been so far. The whole story centers around like nine humans. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with aliens. It's so like white savory. <laughs> like if you translate <laughs> it over to our world, you know what I mean? Where yeah. It's like, Obviously, humans are the only ones who could save the galaxy, really. <laughs> we just use all the aliens for little jobs like this, you know? It seems really weird when you think about, like, 
you just you, when you think of Star Wars, most people think of like the cantina scene where it's just cut, 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 cut of different aliens doing different weird things when they walk in there, right? yeah, and and the music's bumping and stuff. But like these books have just been about humans. Here's our current main cast: Jason, Ben, Luke, Mara, Lumaya, Jaina, Zach, Han, Leia. Fourteen people, all humans. That's not fourteen. Nine people, all humans. <laughs> <laughs> you know. They're all humans. Yeah. And they're running the whole show. Behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, they're uh, barring a few robotic parts, that notwithstanding, they're all humans. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple little almost cameos by some aliens, like, but other than that. But, like, come on. Like, someone could have totally boinked an alien along the way and, like, spiced up that Skywalker bloodline, right? Yep. Nope. Not happening. Or is the bloodline just... It's too pure, man. It's, it's literally kiss your sister clean. You can't you can't mix anything else in there. Like, is that I don't know. Like, why? Why does Star Wars have interspecies breeds? No, I don't think they do. No. For example, I wrote down some thoughts here. You're telling me there's there's not a half human, half Twi'lek. The oh, dancing yeah. girls and bug sluts. Well, a little mini Leku, that'd be weird. Uh, a half human slash Duros. That'd be pretty dope. How about this idea? A half Mon Cal slash half Twi'lek. Think about it. And now let me ask you a question. Is that a Nautilin? Is that Kit Fisto? Oh. Is he a Mon Cal mixed with a Twi'lek? Because they got the head tails and they've got the, the, the water. Uh, living breathing aspect i i i don't know man yeah where are all the species mixes well not everybody's private parts are in the same place well that's kind of weird like off the top of your head though off the top of your head try to think try to think of what do you think would be a good mix i i got i got i got i got one more good one for you well the uh, the only ones i like i i keep wanting to go in line with the books human and something like, well, that was, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> a, a human, a human, like Zabrak. That'd be like, cool. that's so close to a human. Yeah. How about this one? This was my favorite one that I thought of a half Wookiee, half Ewok. <laughs> so it's a regular sized puppy man. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be really fun. That's like breeding a Chihuahua on a Great Dane. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And they do. It works on Earth. Yes, it does. So where is this in Star Wars? Even more complicated. Take it another level deeper, Tim. What if you're like a quarter Bith, quarter Trandoshan, half Zabrak on my mom's side? Like, what? where is all that <laughs> stuff in the universe, man? You're telling me none, none of the parts fit? None? Across <laughs> all these species, None? I fucking I doubt that. Yeah, no, I find I doubt that it. hard to believe. Yeah, I, yeah. But I think it's just you know the uh, under sexualization of Star Wars is kind of the point of it. It's it's yeah. It's the way I like my fantasy, man. <laughs> like <laughs> for example, playing Dungeons and Dragons, and I don't understand people who want to just like let's go to the brothel and let's get uh, ladies of the night in the Dungeons and Dragons game, and I'm gonna make my friend. Pretend to bone me. Let's role play that. That is so not what I, I don't want. Like, no, don't get me wrong. I'm all for it. 
fit your parts together, people. But I don't want it in my fantasy no. literature. Like I don't. It's some weird. It's not necessary. Like, yeah, like it need. All I need is like have have some flirting and like maybe a kiss and then cut away. That's fine. That's fine. We get it. You don't need to get weird, man. Yeah, like, no. You know? I agree. But where is all this in the universe, man? I don't believe that none of the parts fit together. I don't believe that. Well, see now I'll, you gotta. I'm just gonna be thinking for the next like. <laughs> two days what species would be good together <laughs> like a zabrak and a twi'lek oh. uh, like a twi'lek with like spikes coming out of their yeah. little head tails or something a, give me a syrian <laughs> and uh caminoan uh, yeah with the big long skinny neck and the big tall mountain head <laughs> where is it yeah point being I, Tim, and all the fans of Star Wars, we love the aliens, man. Yeah. And I was thinking about this, too. We'll have to read, like, maybe in between book series, we'll, like, have a one-off. Like, find a standalone novel and just do it quick or something. Or take an excerpt of it, check out a couple chapters. But it would be really cool to do, like, an alien-centric book. Yeah. And I don't, off the top of my head, really even know any. There's a... There's a couple books that are uh, about, um, uh, what are they, the chess, I think. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know, like, that might be one. Yeah, that, that, well, yeah, but then again, like, they're so super humanoid-ish, you know? Yeah. Like, what I really want is, like, give me something weird. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm sure there are books out there that, like, center around the Twi'leks or center around a Bothan, like. Yeah, that'd be cool. But I don't know of them. Email us. Email in your suggestions. Forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. And maybe we'll pick your weird alien book to read as an interlude at some point. But anyways, back to the humans. Forget about those half-breeds that don't exist that now you guys can't stop thinking of either because <laughs> this has been happening for days for me. I've been on this kick. But anyways, back to the, back to the humans. Ben, with his team of aliens is using Jaina's frustration, of course, to track her through the force and find them. She, he, He's tracking them all the way from their splody X-Wings out into the mountain wilderness. Yep. Of course. Of course. It's Jaina's emotions. It's not... He can't find Zek. Yeah, no. No, I can just... I can just track my angry... Cousin. She's so mad traipsing across this little villa countryside that he can just follow her like a homing beacon. I like that he tries to like withdraw from her and he because he knows the direction they're going and he can't because she's like latched onto yeah. him. She can, yeah. he can't see yeah. anything but her face. And, and, he, and she's like taking over his perception almost where like she's making him like coma mode. Yeah. She's like, oh, go on standby, standby, go on standby, boy, because I'm taking over like weirdness, yeah. man. Real weird. But it is cool to be able to track like the echoes of somebody's emotions across large distances like that. Like that's a pretty cool force power that ben, yeah. Ben's working on there. I like that. Like a, like a radar. Yeah. Of angry Jaina. I don't know who couldn't follow that. <laughs> she probably left the path of destruction all the way to like, Oh no, I actually just followed all the debris you left from destroying everything and throwing all the whole world around with the force. Cause you're so mad. Anyways, Ben is pretty into this. But the team 
isn't 100% on his force tracking plan, but they trust him because he's Jason's apprentice. Yeah, which kind of, which makes Ben kind of proud that he has that kind of authority, but also... Until he realizes that it's not respect. It's fear. It's fear. Yeah. Not even a mix. Not a bit of both. No, it's just fear. They're just afraid of Jason's power. I think Ben is starting to see that, like, um, Jason's kind of losing the common man. Yeah. Which is a good way to measure the morality of your actions against a, a bigger audience, you know? But I don't know who who are we mere mere mortals to judge the actions of the great of the great Jedi's? I don't know. It's not for me, except no. for here I am doing it. Yeah, and doing it episode after episode right here on Forever King. He finds them both on a hillside, and they jump into the shuttle, literally. Yep, because they're Jedi. <laughs> Just as a couple of old headhunter fighters arrive to engage. Ben and his team of GAG in their shuttle. Jaina does Jaina and tries to take over and start giving orders. Zach tells her to stop and Ben notices the big change. To Ben's surprise, Jaina did not jerk her arm away or tell Zach she wasn't asking or even flash him a dirty look. She simply sat down and reached for her crash webbing. Amazing. Yep. She even says, sorry. Yeah. Guess I'm not used to being a civilian. Dang. Is this change? Is this really here? It's really here. Yeah, yeah. It's really happening. Yeah. It's really like Jaina is really becoming like a multidimensional character now. I don't know why we needed two and three quarters books of her just being a angry wooden stick. Yeah. They're like, come on. She's turning the corner now. I like it. Yep. I like it, man. Ben... On the flight back to the Anakin, exchanges info with Jane and Zach. Yeah. As you do. Again, like we said, these chapters are a lot of dialogue. Yeah, and with your cousin. and he, like, He's got to just... fill them in. <laughs> and mainly, the fact the, the information they trade is the fact that the Galneys are traitors and Tamilkov doesn't know it. Those are the two things they swap back and forth there. And ben says a couple things about lying and spy manipulation tactics that cause Jaina to ask him where he's learning this stuff. Yeah. And- he, he calls it, uh, he calls it GAG training. Yeah. Like he, he doesn't lies. say that he's learning it from Jason, which he is. Yeah. He, he's like taken aback and like abashed, abashed or like embarrassed that he feels like maybe he's learning things that aren't okay. Yeah. Like, maybe this isn't good. But then he thinks, why isn't everybody else learning this stuff? I mean, it's just normal spy stuff. But yeah, he lies to Jaina, uses the force to to keep himself still and calm, and yeah. tells her that he's just learning it from the GAG. That's kind of outside of Ben's character, usually. Yeah. He, I don't know. Then again, maybe not. To lie, lying to protect Jason is something that's actually happened a few times already, hasn't it? Yeah, and he, and I would think he's learning everything that he's learned from Jason. He would want to protect him. Right, that's true too. Yeah, they do have that close relationship. He tells her. He tells Jaina another thing. He reveals to her that Jason named the new star destroyer the Anakin Solo. The whole thing is horrifying news to Jaina. Back to being fired up. 
But we were wondering who named it last episode. Yeah. Yeah, we were. It was Jason. It was Jason. He was the one that named it. Yeah, she mad. And and now I'm wondering, why did he name it that? Right. Because he is also a master manipulator. Yeah. So it's not just for sentimentality's sake. Yeah. But yeah, she, Jane, Jane is mad. And unlike the conversation that he had with Luke, where Luke didn't like it, she is the uh, one of the only other people that has equal attachment to the name yes. as Jason does. It's her brother too. So if she's mad about it, I'm not going to argue with her. She, but she gets super mad. She gets like super Jaina over 9,000 mad. Yeah. And as Ben leaves, we get a really telling passage from him, uh, from his thoughts. He says, he thinks Jaina was just as volatile and unreasonable as Jason claimed. It was a wonder she had lasted in the military, even as long as she had. But then the standards of the old New Republic forces had not been nearly as high as they were now that Jason and Admiral Nyathal had reorganized the military. These days, someone as hot-headed as Jaina would never even make it into flight school, and he couldn't imagine how she had ever become a Jedi Knight. Jason was always telling him that a good Jedi used his anger, not the other way around. Okay, he's got a couple good points about Jaina. Mm-hmm. How can she not be a Jedi, though? She's got that hot, hot Skywalker blood. Yep. And then a bit of a problem for me here, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. You pick up in the passage. He says, Jason says a good Jedi uses his anger. That is that is just outside of the Jedi it, doctrine. That's completely backwards. For real. And Ben should know that. Yeah. Ben should be aware of the fact that that doesn't jive with the general Jedi message, but that's kind of part of all of Jason's teaching anyways, is like, not everything is going to be uh, the consensus of the larger group. Yeah. Not, and not everybody's going to agree with every detail of what we do. Yeah. Jason's, Jason's teaching is it's not what you use. It's how you use it, whether it's your anger, your mm-hmm. peace, whatever it well, is. And with Jaina's anger being such a focus, like, uh, you have to ask why. Why is it being such a focus of the narrative? Is it? It's. It's obviously going to be part of her journey. Is, is it going to be? What? What is she? Which direction is she going to go? Is she going to go? Is she going to have to be calmed down, or is she going to have to use her anger, like is being alluded to right here? Yeah. Where you're going to cross those Jedi lines, and you're going to have to hone your anger into something positive instead of just being a freaking Roman candle firing off all over the place. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Cause she's she, right to 11 right away. Yeah. I just, I just thought this little passage of his thoughts here, like kind of, kind of lays out really subtly. What's, what's going to happen with Jaina moving forward. Just like her piloting her Jedi. How does she do it when she's so mad all the time? How is it? How is she possibly good at it? Well, the answer is that she's not. Um, as amazing as she could be at all these things. Right? Yeah. Or like as far as piloting, piloting, that's like her, that's like her quiet place, her like her Zen yeah. zone type deal yeah. where she's like, I'm in my cockpit now. This is, I like to be here. Which maybe remember, um, remember earlier, maybe this book or the last one when Ben was like training in the GAG room with his lightsaber and he went into like that flow state, like the Zen zone where he was just practicing with his lightsaber and he's like, uh, he realized he wasn't even thinking he was just in the flow and and acting through the force. Yeah. 
it's probably the same thing. And a lot of that has to do with like set and setting. Yeah. So like to get into that cockpit every time probably would just put her like right in the zone. Yeah. And even anger aside, like be able to hone her force powers enough. But I don't know. All, the weirdest part of it is what Ben says that Jason says. Good Jedi use their anger. No, nobody has ever said that to you in your life, dude. No. You're 13. Yeah. You've been in, in the Jedi Order all of your life. Your dad runs it. You ever heard him say that before? No. No, it's like even in in their creed or whatever, it's what? No passion, there only is, peace? There is no such thing as emotions. That's yeah. essentially what it is. Not, yeah. not use them to your advantage. Yeah. Don't. Ignore them. Pretend they don't exist. Thanks, Jedi. Good advice. <laughs> As we see how that's going to play out. Bennett, Jaina, Zek, and the alien team arrive at the Anakin Solo. And there it was. Gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they left a message, though. And the message says, head to Roku for refuel. Talk to you later. But yeah. Jaina does step in. And take over. They call it a see you message. Like a see you yeah. later. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. I like that. Jaina takes over and she says, no thanks. We've got to go to Hapes to warn Tenelka or I'll kill you. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> Aggressive negotiations indeed. It's in the blood. Yeah. And uh, what Ben says here is, as he's looking over his shoulder at Jane and Zach, he's like, well, the message is pretty important. And I don't think Jason would want you to get your crew killed yeah. by a couple yeah. of Jedi Knights. He just sent you to rescue. <laughs> well, and that's funny too. So like, good. They do it. They do threaten people all the time, like in a half joking way. Yeah. Where she's like, she's not gonna kill them, but she'll she'll disarm them and tie them up and do whatever she wants anyway. Yeah. So like the threat is obviously beyond what the action would be, but yeah, it's like just do what I say, man. I'm a Jedi. Like I'll I'll make you do it with your own brain. I don't care. <laughs> Frig off and turn the ship around. They do. They do. Chapter 19. Jason Solo and the Anakin arrive not at Telephone, not at Terraphon, but at Relaphon. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Troy. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? I mean, he didn't invent these planets, but like, God, who did this? Who the <laughs> hell did this? I don't know. I like it and hate it at the same time. Well, it, it makes of, a certain kind of sense. Yeah, because they're all in the same system. Like you have naming convention by the people who would name them. Yeah. In a group, in a cluster. But like, fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Call them different things. Yeah. Not telephone, terraphon, relaphon. I, I I would not. anyways. Anyways, the Anakin is on a mission from Tanoka to arrest Duca Al Grey of the traitorous Al Grey family, of course, as we saw them try to murder uh Jane and Zek earlier in the book. And oh, also Tenoka. when I read that <laughs> The Duca Al Grey. Mm-hmm. We were talking about if it Duca, Duca Gelman. Yeah. It is a title. Uh, officially. <clears throat> Terraphon, Telephone, Relaphon, Terraphone, Elephones, yeah. Elephants. Everybody's just named the same. It's easier. Yeah. <laughs> it's just part of their social convention, man. That's just what they do. But they find themselves, when they arrive here for this mission, with the same problem that they left Ben and his team aliens with. For example... The fleet is not there. The ships they're looking for are not where they're supposed to be. 
Yet yep. Jason still feels danger. And he says, if it's not outside, it must be coming from inside the house. Yeah, he talks about it being the pilots that came with... Uh, with with uh, the... Yeah. I don't know, the Hapens. Yeah, the hell no, a Hapen pilot. Yeah, 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 exactly. He's like, yeah, you guys brought your own pilots, though, didn't you? And they're like, oh, no. And yeah. so he runs down the hallway with a spidey sense tingling. He races off towards Alana's hiding place and finds himself late. As he's running there, like, littered with dead guards and sliced doors and exploded control panels. Like, he's behind. He is literally running in the footsteps of the person trying to murder his daughter. Yep. And he's a little bit late. When he gets to the finding place, finally, he finds Aura Singh and her crimson lightsaber just moments away from finding Alana. Like, in the room next to the room where she's hiding. Jason's greatest fears coming true. But Jason only needs a word and the force. Wait. Jason spoke the word with his mind. Instead of his mouth. At the same time, he was expanding his force presence into Singh's mind, opening himself fully to the force and using its power to push himself deeper into her own mind, to crush her own presence and force it deep down into the bottom of her being. Wait. Ooh. That's powerful. <laughs> That's yeah. like, oh, oh, as I was just hating on all the names of the planets. That's some good writing right there. <laughs> oh, all he says is wait. And he literally like paralyzes her. And you know, it's interesting. It's kind of a mirror of what was happening with Jaina and Ben. Yeah. To a way more extreme degree. Yeah. yeah. But she said she sensed Ben touching her through the force. So she touched back and took over to look through his eyes and, and direct him to where they were. Jason says, I'm going to just take over your mind with a word and the force. Man, this guy is pretty badass until the fight starts. <laughs> Aura Singh manages to, to arm a big, a big boom grenade, and that catches Jason off guard and gives her the upper hand throughout most of the fight. Like, yeah. most of the fight, she's kicking his ass. Yep. She's like 80. <laughs> she's old. She was at the freaking race, the Anakin yeah. pod race. Yeah. She's already seen Anakin's before. This is... She's old. I know she's like a Jedi. Well, but she's also... A, but she's a only weird, like partly trained. And she's a weird species too. So she's old, but she's like... True. 30. I mean, she's a steak squeezer. Whatever the hell species that is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But like, what happened to our super badass here? He walks in the room with one word and takes over the whole situation. Until he gets caught off guard by the bounty hunter tricks. And then it's like, he can't catch up to her the whole time like yeah i would have thought he'd take her down no problem i really did i thought it was going to be like every other time you've seen jason confront somebody with his lightsaber where it's one two you're dead homie like it's over so fast no this is a pretty long fight so what happened to our super badass is the fear and anger and hate actually clouding his abilities is it actually not empowering him is it actually holding him back here because he's so scared that something's gonna happen to his daughter i I would think so it's like anything why Why does he seem so underpowered here it 
it could be that, right? Yeah, his attention is divided. And maybe the maybe the dark side of the force isn't all it's cracked up to be. You know, maybe that's the whole point. All these centuries is like, yeah, it makes you more powerful, but oh boy, does it ever. I don't know. It cut cut you off sometimes, make you blind. Like I don't yeah, know. I think it's like I think the difference between the light and dark is like the dark side uses anger and passion and all that stuff. The the quick burst of power, right? And then and then it like fizzles out. Whereas the light side is like a steady stream, steady steady flow. It might not be as strong in those moments. I like that. I like that analogy a lot because because yeah. uh, I do, and you're my friend. And nah. I like it. Nah, cool. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna explain why. I just do. <laughs> All right. Because I don't know why I like it, but I do. Point. When he finally does, though, like when yeah, point. When when Jason finally does like take over the fight, he finally like gets the advantage on her. He kicks her across the room, and then he puts his hands out level and splays his fingers out, and he is about to palpatine this bee. Yep. Oh, I wanted him to do it so bad. I wanted that to happen so bad. But no. Stinking four-year-old daughter, Alana, opens her secret hidey door and locks eyes with him. And he's so conditioned to see force lightning as evil. This is what he tells himself. Yeah. That he can't bring himself to do it while his daughter is watching him. Because it's so on the side of associated with evil. Well, let's talk about the sacrifices that Jason is supposed to make. He, and maybe, obviously this has been backpedaled since the end of book two. We've said it a few times. But he says he's ready to sacrifice his wife and daughter. We'll just call him that, leave it at that. Here, he's not even willing to lightning somebody else to save her life in front of her face. Because that's such a bad thing to do. Yeah. According to his subconscious, right? I, I don't I'm getting such mixed messages about Jason in this book, man, where is he prepared to do this stuff? Or I guess it's more like he's overconfident or and then when he's faced with having to make the choice, it's way harder than he thought it was going to be. Or, yeah, or he like he would have to draw on the dark side and all these different emotions. And she's got to be force sensitive. Well, and but he already is. He already is pulling on his anger and his fear and his frustration. Yeah. Like he says that he's already doing bad things, but that's like, is like the, that's, there's no coming back from that in his daughter's yeah. eyes, according to him. And it, I'm thinking she must be force sensitive. So oh, she definitely she, is. she would, he reaches out to her in the force. Yeah. A few times. Yeah. She would feel, she would feel all the dark emotions swirling around and he's using these emotions what he says is right now to protect yeah the galaxy. Well, isn't that exactly how you trick yourself? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't <laughs> doing the wrong things for the right reason. Maybe he's using them to protect her, but maybe he knows it's not the right way or something. I don't know. I don't know, but he's not willing to make that sacrifice right now. Yeah. So, Orsing is back on top of the fight. A little more punchy, kicky. Actually, she's kicking the hell out of him. Yeah. Which again, I'm like, where are your force powers? Yeah. What? I guess just the clouded judgment, the heat of the battle. Okay, fine. But you're a trained warrior. Yeah. Actually, so not fine. You can't beat Aura Singh in a lightsaber fight. It's got to be the daughter aspect of it. Yeah, she's right there. Throwing him off. Like, it's 
so much is at is at stake. Like the stakes are so high because that's his kid. Yeah, and he can't just he just can't do it. He just can't do things right right now. I don't know. But she's kicking the shit out of him until the four year old runs over and stabs Orsing in the leg with some kind of injector thing. <laughs> yeah. Pretty handy little tool to give your four-year-old princess who's trying to be murdered currently. That's some kind of paralysis syringe. I don't know. She says, don't worry, Jason. She'll be fine. And then she tells Aura Singh, Jedi don't kill people, even bad ones like you. Now, I don't know if you remember, and I don't know if I remember, (laughs) but that came up earlier in the series. Somebody has said something similar already. It was in this. Maybe it was Nalani. I thought it was in this. Maybe book. it's been several times. Yeah. But either way, Alana throws that. I thought. I thought Nalani was saying that in like the basement of the asteroid. She did. Yes. When when it was like we have to arrest her. We can't. I don't know. Yeah. But it, it harkens all the way back even to Anakin and and Dooku and Palpatine. Yeah. Like. Jedi's aren't supposed to kill bad people. You're not supposed to kill them if you don't have to. Yeah. And Jason says it feels right hearing that from her. So again, he's wavering big time in the in the face of his daughter. Yeah. He's wavering even on murder now. That was pretty casual not that long ago when he ordered all those Bothans dead. <laughs> but in the face of his daughter, it's different. Yeah. He's wavering big time. Well, like like all little kids, the, the innocence, the, the innocence, the purity of them is yeah. just off. It, it's not overwhelming. Not off putting isn't the right word, but it's like it it puts you on your back foot. It's yeah. disarming, disarming, disarming. That's, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's just not as ready as he thinks to walk this Sith path. He doesn't seem ready to make whatever sacrifice Lumaya is predicting. Contrary to the end of book two, but he doesn't seem like it. He's not willing to kill a bounty hunter trying to kill his daughter in a bad way. And yet flashback to book two, he killed a bounty hunter in a bad way for trying to hurt his family. But right in front of her face, that's when Jason can't lie to himself about what he's doing anymore. Yeah. Whoa. That just dawned on me. And it's the disarming innocence of children that reveals the truth of your own lies. Yep. Aha! <laughs> Deciphered. But like, that's... Thanks, kids. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's, gotta, that's gotta be it, though. Because every other moment, he's acting hard as bug. Yeah. He does, he, he's willing to kill anything for the the purpose of saving the whole galaxy. Yeah, for the greater good. But not here. Nope. Chapter 20. Han is on the Falcon thinking about how old he is. He says, I'm older now than Obi-Wan was when he died on the Death Star. Damn, son. Yep. Old, you're old. How do, you, how do you even remember those droids then? He didn't. <laughs> <laughs> How do you remember those droids? I don't, I don't seem to remember ever owning a droid. Yeah, you only knew him for 15 years, bud. Your best friend <laughs> built the other one. Anyways, that's stuff. Yeah. The, the prequel holes. But we'll move on. Yeah. Han is old, okay? 
Just like Aura Singh, but she can beat the shit out of Jason Solo. Anyways, okay. Anyways. Han is old. Yeah, he is. He's fine with dying. He just doesn't want his kids to think he's a terrorist. But you are, bud. Yeah. Hey, remember that president you killed? Of a whole system of planets? (laughs) And you did it on purpose? To get him out of the government? Yeah. That's called terrorism. But like you don't call it that when you're on the winning side. No, you call you it. You call it what? Assassination. Rebellion. Yes. <laughs> yes. Not to put too fine of a pun on it here. Yeah. He's a terrorist. He always has been. Sorry to tell you. Yeah, he really. Well, you know, when you're fighting the bad guys, it's not called terrorism. It's called a war on terror. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are in this era. Like that is the era these books were written it was right in the the heat of the 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 war the, in the middle east after yeah. 9 11 a couple of years after when the war was kicking off yeah you are a terrorist on solo they've arrived in the tail of a comet they're meeting with duca al gray at her fleet as they prepare to smash tunnel cause fleet with the help of the Carillians and take hapes but they're about to jump to attack, so no time for meetings. Bump, 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 bump. Lady Morwan is going to have to join the fight on the Falcon. Follow along, Lady Morwan. Man, everybody is on the move in these chapters, too. Yep. Like, all four of these chapters, other than the, the Ben one, all four of them started with... No, wait. I'm not saying... That doesn't make any sense. But all four of them have... Ships moving, ships going. Yeah, yeah, ships they're moving. Things are not going where places, you think they're supposed meeting to be. places. Yeah. yeah, it's a big, uh, it's a big reorganizing sort of chapter or sort of episode today, I guess. Yeah, which it should be, you know, coming to the end of the book, you got to rearrange the pieces to set up for the next game. We have book yeah, four coming up soon. But here they are. She's gonna have to fly in the Falcon, and wouldn't you know it, Han and Leia have a plan. They wait an extra second after the usurper fleet jumps. To send out a little warning and a little info to their real friends. Then jump themselves into the battle and get shot to hell right away. They start taking hits. Yep. Like, it's hilarious. And we get to see Leia fly the Falcon yeah. in the battle. I thought that was pretty cool. Normally, it's Han Solo, obviously. I don't know if you know that. But he done got shot in the shoulder last time. Yeah, he can't do and it. And he's like, I can't do it. I need I need I I need I need two arms to fly this ship. I can't fly this ship. So Leia's taking it over and she's kicking ass. She's dodging, dipping, ducking, diving, dodging her weight all the way through the ambushed usurper fleet. Seems like maybe their message got through in time because the bad guy fleet jumped in to kill Tenelka and they're getting crushed. <laughs> they're getting hammered right big away. time. Which, of course, raises Lady Morwan's suspicions. So she puts a blaster to Han's ribs. For a few moments, anyways. Yeah. They have a little chit-chat, and he elbows her in the nose and steals the gun away from her. <laughs> uh, he might be old, but he's still dope. <laughs> yeah. And we also get an appearance, very brief. I think we talked about them in one of the first episodes. Yep. Meewall and Cockmame. Yeah. We get uh, the first appearance of them. They wander down the... the the hallway up to the front of the Falcon. Everything's already fine. They take her away. Dun, dun, dun. That's <laughs> it. That's it. That's all you get to see of me, Wall, and Cockman. The, the little no greed. Who it. are just like forever made out to be these super dangerous murder machines. 
I've we've literally only heard of them up till now and then saw them walk down the hallway. <laughs> okay, but hey, they take her away in cuffs. That's great. Leia tells Han she sensed an alliance ambush. Some kind of trap waiting for this usurper fleet. And they calm Tunnel Cod directly to let her know about her force intuition. Although, wouldn't Tunnel Cod maybe pick up on that too? Yeah, maybe. I Nope. I think the specific point is that Leia picks up on Tessar or Tessar. Yeah. Um, Sabatine. Yep. Her old master's son, who she would have spent a dink load of time with. Yep. So, like, maybe that's why she's the one who picked up on it. It's just through familiarity. But the triple double agent act is finally over. They're sending a message to Tenelka in the open to help her. Yes. It's over. Yes. Sneaky spy time is over. They picked a side. Finally. Han will forever be a traitor to Corellia. But it's worth it to do the right thing, he says. Does this mean they're going to finally come back like into the group narrative? Because they have been on the fringes of the story. But doing a lot of major things yeah. on the fringes of the story the whole time. They haven't really been in the in the, in the the full fold. They've been a part of a lot of major things. They haven't done a lot of major things. Uh, tell it to terrorist Han Solo who murdered a president. But... <laughs> okay, yeah, all right. My bad. They also flew that mission on Relideer where they, like, liberated the planet from the Alliance. Han, Han flew that with Wedge. And then the rest of the time, it's been a whole lot of bounty hunter teaming up. Yeah. I guess I guess Troy Denning got a real taste of it from the last book. So he's like, I would like to do that myself. In fact, I think I like that idea. So here it comes again in book three. But now it's over. Yep. The double agent, triple agent, backstabbing, front stabbing, friend shooting, bad guy pretending. It's over. Han and Leia are back. And the battle for hapes is well underway. What will Tunnel cause fate be? How will anyone protect Alana? Will Lumaya blow the Skywalkers to protons? Find out next week as we wrap up Legacy of the Force, Book 3, Tempest. Chapters 21 through 24, plus the epilogue. That's it for this week. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Bye-bye, bug sluts. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.